and Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 158 of the Zoplites Like Terra, a Stargate first watch rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace. And today we're going over Atlantis, season one, episode three, hide and seek, aka this is not the real Iron Man. (laughs) (laughs) My aka is something along of hockey is the only man's sport. The every woman's sport. I'm super bummed. And you need to be tougher than the average American man to play <laughs> hockey. Whoa, whoa. Yeah, no, I brought. I it. love today, the day of all days. You're going to dis football. <laughs> yeah, I will dis football. <laughs> I will dis football today of all days. Today, the day of my <laughs> football players' quinceanera. <laughs> this, <laughs> this is coming out after the Super Bowl, and it's I, being recorded on. It's being recorded on the Super most Bowl. hallowed of all football days, <laughs> which I believe is only appropriate because uh, the podcast that brought us together recorded their first episode. That's true on, on the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl oh, that's long live right. the nerd. Um, I, I Stay hope on the, day of the, the commercials ball. win. I because I don't care about either team. I just hate one of the teams. I said it. Deal with it. Never in my life did I think I would root for an LA based team. <laughs> but look, this is what the Patriots when have the done shit to you. hits the fan. The West Coast comes together. Listen, I don't normally root for University of Michigan. However, when they're playing Ohio State, <laughs> at least one team belongs in the mitten Doesn't and is it? not Ohio. Yes. Ta-da! Done. Also, guys, I'm a Michigan State fan. Have you caught on yet? Okay. <laughs> so we've had some... There's been... Before we start this episode... Yes. There's been a couple of life <laughs> changes. We've had, we've had some life in the past couple weeks. Some growth in the families, some changes. Yes. Some... I'll let you start. Okay, so two weeks ago, tomorrow... <gasps> Got married. And it stuck. And it stuck. <laughs> um, we had... Marriage. Uh, what I am confident to, to say is the most successful, most geek chic wedding ever that if you didn't have fun, it was your own damn fault. It is the most successful of all the duck weddings. Yeah. <laughs> So far, yes. So far. We only had a bar. So it was, uh, it was, it was amazing. It was, um, it was a lot of fun. It went very quick, as they always say it does. There was a lot of fucking dancing. There was a lot of dancing because friend of the pod, Dan. Yes. Was our amazing DJ, which everyone was raving about him. Yeah. And, he's and then amazing. he comes. I will share. I will share a note with with you that I think is funny, and you will appreciate. At the end of the night, um, you know, as being one of the maids, yeah. my job is to kind of help coordinate the Excuse end of me. things. Ladies, there were no maids. One of the ladies. Yes. Uh, one of the bitches in waiting. Uh huh. Um, friend of the pod, Dan, comes up to domestic partner Jesse and Grace and goes I want you to consider this my audition <laughs> see you guys soon <laughs> so now the, 
the uh, the pressure or the the breath down the back or the you know the serial killer running at us with a marriage knife is solely focused on yeah. us because no, he's taken everyone else down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, that's. I think that's firmly established. We can put Nicole's mom on that duty. Yeah, yeah. No, please. I have I have someone who can who I'm can gonna, push further. If I'm gonna dig this moment. Does he sharpen the pitchfork? Notice, notice how I uh, destroyed this thing out of sheer nerves. <laughs> oh, it took me so long. I'm sorry. I, I left this one alone. Um. We have uh, some mag. Those are the little magnetic balls that are basically illegal to sell now because kids Children are dumb. Children can eat them. Yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a drink. Feel free to play with them. Drinks okay. Times. So then, the day after that happens, as if there wasn't enough going on. Uh huh. So let me share how this happened because it did not. We did not mean for it to happen this way. Look, do you know the commercial where the husband goes out to get milk? And then comes back with the puppy. <laughs> it's a little bit like that. Okay, keep that in mind. Now go. Okay, so weeks before the wedding. Um, like a week. I guess it was a week. It was like a it week. It feels like a hundred years. <laughs> it was the last time we recorded. In fact, yeah, in fact it was. Because it was after I record, I was like headed home, going to stop by, pick up some dog food, and then head the, and then be home. No big. Yeah. Nothing unusual. Um... <laughs> I head to the dog store, <laughs> to the pet store, dog food. to the pet store, and uh, there's a rescue agency there with some pups. Now, first I see these this litter of beagles, and I was like, oh, they're so cute. They're so adorable. But they're beagles. And then there's other dogs just kind of running around, and I'm doing my thing. I'm picking, I'm carrying a bag <laughs> of like 40 pound, maybe 30 pound bag of dog food around, and I'm trying to get to the register, and I don't even see I overhear a little boy and I hear the um, the service person, like the, yeah. the volunteer say, um, I forgot what name they gave him. That's kind of great, though, because his name is not the same anymore. Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, yeah, oh, it was Ross. Ross. Yeah. And they say little Ross has been returned twice. <laughs> Uh, because he's too rambunctious. And I was like, I know, I know a rambunctious dog. <laughs> and I look and I see this little boy, this tiny, like, tiny for my okay. my opinion. Let's just say tiny means almost the size that Kaylee is currently. He's, he's about 20 pounds, 20, 22, 23. He looks much bigger in photos. Yeah, he's about 20 pounds. He's four months old. Terrier mix is like, the, is what they call them now, but he's a pity. He's a pity. Yeah. Um. This little boy, this fawn-colored little boy just running around, terrorizing everybody. <laughs> and I was like, I love him. <laughs> so I sit this bag down, play with him, and I'm like, okay, it's nice meeting this dog. Yeah. Gotta go by. Uh -huh. And I go home and I tell uh, domestic partner Jesse about him, thinking he'll be like, we said the summer. Yeah. Because we did. We said yeah. in the summer. And he goes, he does not say... We'll wait till summer. <laughs> he said, do you want to go back and look at him together? You're like, don't ask to me To which that. my mind went, is this a dream? Where am I? Who <laughs> and am I? was I? like, let's do it. Uh, so, yeah, longer story, shorter. Um, yes, we were approved. We were approved before the wedding. But we said we cannot take him before this weekend because it's going to be mother-in-law weekends. Yeah. Um, and we'd hate to leave him home alone for that. And, um... If someone comes for him yeah. before the weekend's over, then he wasn't meant to be. We get a call later that same day saying, we'll hold on to him for you. Yay! 
so Tuesday after the wedding, we went and brought home a Mr. Nathan Drake. Or <laughs> AKA Dr. Drake Ramore. As <laughs> Nixie has decided to call him. <laughs> um, he, he goes by Drake. Uh, but he is the same colorings as Nathan Drake in um, uh, A Thief's End. Okay. Which is the latest so of all. So he's, his he's coloring fa- is pity? He's, he's, well, he's, it's like the fawn <laughs> color. Brown, dirty brown with, with the blue eyes, the same color of Nathan Drake's shirt. And he's a little, he's a little runaway, a little yeah. orphan with an unknown past. There you go. Uh, rambunctious and likes to climb things. So, what better name than Nathan fucking Drake? <laughs> I've That's never awesome. seen a dog climb this much. To the point of, I have yet to meet him. Uh huh. Because I now I not that I what I was in Jamaica <laughs> at an yeah. all inclusive, drinking a lot, sitting by the beach, yeah. reading a lot, swimming a lot, living in a bathing suit. We promise there will be pictures of a stormy. And a Drake, and maybe even a guest star, Kaylee Geddon. Possibly, they're Everybody. they're gonna meet for the first time today. We'll yeah. see how that goes. It'll be interesting. It um, took it took Stormy a while. He was like, "What is this?" <laughs> That's basically what I. Why is it here? Kaylee will be doing. Yeah, uh, but okay. yeah. Uh, so we spent uh, a day chillaxing, a day, a okay. week chillaxing in Jamaica, where we got this beautiful Jamaican ginger wine that bum, we are bum, currently bum. drinking on this podcast. We, we brought back a lot of rum. We promise eventually we'll get to the pod. <laughs> uh, oh, one more full disclosure. Um, half of my notes are missing. <laughs> so Be- she's going to wing it. So I'm going to wing it because I was, uh, again, <laughs> the mother of two small dogs. <laughs> Uh, of two, not small, two rambunctious <laughs> boy dogs. And I feel like, you know, I always thought I would be the mother of boys. Yeah. I just didn't think they'd be four legged. You are the mother of dragons. I am the mother of dog dragons. <laughs> um, yeah, I was doing notes in bed and doggins. they were playing. And I think the half, mother of doggins. Uh, mother of what dog would be the, the equivalent of a dog to a dragon? A, a fire lizard from the Dragon Riders of Pern. A velociraptor. I don't know. <laughs> what is the equivalent? Like, like, a, like a three-headed dog thing? Oh, uh, well, Cerebus? I guess, maybe. Parting the gates of heck. I'm still going with Fire Lizards. For all of you Pern lovers out there, one of the greatest fantasy series, I believe, that's ever been written, except for Lord of the Rings. That's a whole other I'll classification. I'll take Fire Lizard. They're fi- they're I don't basically, know what they are, but I'll so, take it. Again, we'll get to Stargate. Uh, so the cool that. thing... Uh, uh, Direwolf? Oh, I see. As far yeah. as what other mythical oh, creature yeah, yeah. they would be. Yeah, yeah they are little direwolves. They're very protective and they're very badass. But here's a cool thing about Pern. They have dragons, but they are they're good dragons and they're mentally connected to the riders so they can communicate telepathically. Nice. And they're giant. Like they're the size of large airplanes. Well, I will tell you that they will both this dog will be giant. And then cuz he's already almost stormy size. <laughs> and then and then they have uh they have little versions called fire lizards, which what they were bred out of because they're uh, genetically engineered to be big. So fire yes. lizards are basically like they can sit on your shoulder, <laughs> but they're bigger, but they're like bird weighted because yes, yes, they yes, fly yes. Got it. and they breathe fire. So they're perching on your They're perching on your shoulder. I will say that these dogs do like to perch. And they'll like <laughs> snake your their tail around you. I like it. And they also, again, you get them when they hatch and then they mentally connect with you when they hatch. I like it. I really want fire lizards. Also, I love the dragon eyes apart. Okay, Stargate. Once upon a time, there was this little show called Stargate. Atlantis. And then it was so great that they made a spinoff <laughs> called 
called Stargate Atlantis. And then we made it two episodes in and then fell apart. And now we're back from. Uh, I already did that one. Okay. <laughs> this episode first aired July 23rd, 2004. It was written by Robert C. Cooper. Brad Wright helped with the story and directed by David Ray Smith. Mm-hmm. So we start with. Yes. Uh, which will somehow always be one of my favorite Carson Rodney scenes. Okay. Um, maybe it's because it just happened early on. Maybe because it perfectly sums up their relationship. I just love this scene and always will. Yeah. Rodney is hoping to hit on some of these ocean women, as you do. (laughs) To be fair, Carson's hoping to, too. You know he is. Uh, And, I mean, they did save them. I feel like McKay's always looking for an opportunity. McKay is always jockeying for position, if we're going to keep it in that hockey. (laughs) It is. But again, uh, Rodney's all talk. Yes. Clearly. Yes. <laughs> um, and Carson, in his genius, has developed an experimental gene therapy that's going to deliver the missing ATA gene to people. Words are things. Yes. He would never have had approval back on Earth from any... I do love that. <laughs> I do love that. He's like, international rules don't apply intergalactically. What? It's legal here in this galaxy. Here we go. I'm just going to shove it in your arm now. Gotta go bite. He's like, he's so nonchalant about this. Yeah. And McKay just keeps getting more nervous. But- he's just going to keep muttering <laughs> the truth without... As fast as he can, so he can get. Through He's it. like, I just want to. I just want to jump this jump. It's dude. like when you're little and you're like, "Hey, mom, can I go outside?" And she's like, "Yeah." I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna go down the street to play with these other kids that you tell me I'm not supposed to play with." Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love how McKay also thinks that medical science uh, is, I believe, voodoo. The word he used. Yes. Yeah. I have bones to pick. Oh, no, we all have bones to pick so with that. So many bones. So many bones to pick with that. <laughs> but again, it shows you sort of McKay's viewpoints of the si- his science He's is the so best He's so very science. arrogant. He is. In, now, by the end of the episode, he does redeem himself. Uh, but I imagine this is what we get all the time, this tension. I will say this. Um, McKay is arrogant. He is always going to be arrogant. However, in ways like Sam, he kind of sometimes is allowed to be that arrogant. Right. But you know what? Sam doesn't come across as arrogant. Sam doesn't. She doesn't. Yeah. She doesn't. Um, but it's also... almost like if you took the worst of Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the best of Sam uh-huh. as far as her science brain. And then combine them. And then combine them. Yeah. Yikes. Uh, and McKay has this little device he's fiddling with that he mm-hmm. found in a research lab, and he's pretty nosy, pretty sure he knows what it is with an evil childlike grin. Yeah. Um, and we have a fantastic walk and talk with Weir and Groden. Yes. Uh, since many of the systems in the city just need to be activated by someone with the ATA gene, anyone can now use them. Yeah. So they've been able to desalinize water enough for the whole, you know, the seawater, enough for everyone to be able to store it, which means, thankfully, they'll also, I'm assuming, have salt to cook with, because the salt has to go somewhere. I guess true, yeah. So, interestingly I enough, would love to know, um, those desal yeah. mechanics would be great to be able to send back to Earth eventually. Yes. <laughs> it's like, hey, how do we uh, keep ourselves in clean water? Okay, Since bye. there's that whole, like, water issue coming and up? All the things are happening. So, interestingly enough, 99... Well, there, there's many ways to desalinize water. Mm-hmm. It's not really done on large scale very often. Yeah. Uh, 99% of the world re- relies on fresh water. 
Only 1% desalinizes their water for everyday water usage. Wow. I knew back home there was a desal plant. Yeah, and uh, they, um, they do think that the, that number is going to dramatically exponentially rise in coming yeah. years for reasons. Now, we did live in the salad bowl of the world, yeah. and I, I have no facts on this, but <laughs> I think it was all for irrigation purposes. It wouldn't surprise me because I yeah. feel like for irrigation it wouldn't have to be as It can pure. be gray water. Yeah. yeah. So there's various ways to do it, um, either using heat in different methods to boil off water from the salt and then you collect it afterwards um, as it cools. More The more commercially popular way mm-hmm. is using reverse osmosis, mm-hmm. which is sort of uh, a really no, super fancy high-tech version of your Brita filter. Yep. Essentially. Yeah. Um, it's the same way how if you have a water, if you have a water bottle or some container, you can fill it up with like uh, mud and then dirt and then gravel and rocks and filter lake water yes. to drink yourself. And make it. If okay. you need to survive. Yes. Fun fact, if you buy really cheap vodka and run it through a Brita filter, yes. you can make decent vodka. You can. There's your <laughs> life hack. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then you can use that vodka to make different types of, um, you can make uh, your own uh, vanilla extract. or right. orange, All your different extracts you can use that vodka for. Yep. And you can use vodka for, let's just say, a lot of things. Including drinking. Including mm-hmm. drinking. <laughs> um, so the way I'm always going to remember, <laughs> this is going to take some of you back. Okay. I don't know if this was outside the U.S. I think it was also Canada for sure because I think it was a Canadian program. Okay. The way I'll always and forever remember if I'm stuck somewhere near the ocean and I need fresh water is from the Voyage of the Mimi on how to set up a tent thing using sails or whatever have you in order to put the water, you put seawater in the center and then you set it up with the sun and it's going to evaporate and And then it's going to collect on the sides and trickle down into a reservoir that you create. Ta-da! Thank you, Voyage of the Mimi. Another fun fact, my first science project ever for school was that. That sounds... Because you... I use glass bowls. Unlike me, grew up near the ocean. Yes, I did. The water that... I grew up... I used all of my mom's kitchen equipment. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. The water that I grew up didn't... Yeah. You could just drink it. I took a big platter... And then in the center of the of the platter, I uh-huh. put a bowl of salt water. Yeah. And then I covered the whole thing with whatever baking dishes. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, do you have to use those? I'm like, it has yes. to be glass. It has to be these. <laughs> but yes. But yeah. If we're ever in a place where we need to desalinate water, I got you. I, I mean, I didn't have to desalinate the water. <laughs> you may have not wanted to always drink it, but it's... <laughs> was safe to drink nice. most of the time. Okay, so also, back to Atlantis, <laughs> some of the recreation areas, they need to set some up because yeah. the kids are gonna, running around Those everywhere. kids are going to need a jungle jam. Yeah. You know what? Seems real simple to me, but water park. Yeah. You I get mean, water. get some like safe nets yeah. to put underneath uh-huh. so they can't go too far. There you go. Boom. Boom. Um, also, get rid of the 10,000-year-old dead plants. That's <laughs> fair. <laughs> I wonder, like, what does that even look like at that point? The they're just pl- mummified? Yeah. It's like, do you think they carry anything fun inside? 
I don't know. Like you, you might be able to smoke them. I was not even where I was going, but I like it. <laughs> Someone's been in Jamaica too long. Got it. So uh, John might be taking his time clearing some of the areas of the city, but I mean safety and security of uh-huh. the expedition. This is main. What job? What? And they turn the corner and they see John just pushing McKay off the balcony onto the gate room floor. <laughs> where where it comes up and it's just. What the actual fuck, yeah, guys? What's happening? And McKay jumps up because he's fine. Yeah, yeah. Carson's, Carson's gene therapy worked, uh, and and McKay found that the thing he was playing with before is a personal shield <laughs> with inertial dampening as well. Uh, and so, he, before we get too far, yeah, here's my question. To okay. You. What would be the first thing you tried if you found a thing that works like that? Like the fr- <sighs> like you're gonna try all the little things first, but what's yeah, gonna be your first, first bold move? Yeah. Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> that's a really good question. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I used to jump out of second story windows, but that's because <laughs> the snow had the snow banks had built up tall enough. You know what I would do? I would cook with my bare hands. Ooh, that's a good one. Because I hate utensils and yeah. can never properly grab that's a anything. Good one. I'd be like, I would, baking dish out of oven? You know, I got you. That's actually a thing that sounds <laughs> like what I would probably yeah. do as well. <laughs> it just sounds like fun. That does sound like fun. Um, so he then asks Groden to hit him, which Groden immediately does without hesitation. But he punches the <laughs> yeah. in the face. Yeah. But Groden's the one that ends up being hurt. Uh, yeah, I will say you kind of earned that. You did. Right in the face. Right, right for it. <laughs> it wasn't even like a gut punch where it's no. like, are you ready? Nope. Just It boom. wasn't even like a half... Like, it wasn't, like, Grodin's been waiting to do that, clearly. Yeah, his whole life. He's like, it all comes down to this moment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, she's like, children, children, (laughs) why did you test us by throwing yourself off a balcony? And don't worry, they're not dumb. They tested other things first. Oh, sure. And and John's like, I shot him. (laughs) With the biggest grin I've ever seen. I mean, in the leg. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of another thing I would do. Yeah. I would roughhouse with the dogs. Oh, that's a a good one. Because they like, you know, they play and they roam, they dirt, they throw themselves around like it doesn't hurt. And I'm like, I'm old and human. (laughs) (laughs) I would get right in there. So McKay is like, I'm invulnerable. Regardless of proper scientific procedure, <laughs> McKay is invulnerable. <laughs> and she's like, great. Just can you take it off? Because we have a meeting. Yeah. We've got things to do, children. Um, but yeah, there's a there's a problem. Mm-hmm. McKay can't take it off. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Credits. I'm stuck right here. So when we come back, Carson is wrapping Groden's hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been coming up with superhero names for McKay. Uh, McKay is annoyed at all of this. But, I mean, Carson's been working on this for months, so yeah. you can't really fault him for celebrating I when w- it for- worked in the first human trial. Wouldn't you want to be part of that? I think yes. I'd be excited. I'd be like, yes. Yeah. Best names only. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but McKay's like, ooh, let's let's have a toast, McKay snarks. <laughs> um, which immediately both Carson and Grodin go, um, speaking of toast, have you tried eating or drinking with that thing on? <laughs> and McKay is horrified as a cup of coffee just rolls off of him. Which is appropriate. Yeah. Appropriate. I'm assuming McKay just doesn't stop ever drinking coffee. 
the way his personality works, there's no way he's ever not had exactly. caffeine just coursing it's through. Very his similar to me. Yeah, exactly. I basically could drink coffee twenty four seven. Sometimes I do. Uh, so now it might be serious. Um, you know, McKay can live three to four days without water, but McKay figures he'll be dead by then without food. <laughs> yeah, the drama. Oh, the drama. Yeah. Just to clarify, you can live hell of a lot longer without food. A couple weeks, right? You can really make yeah. it a few weeks if you I, needed to. The it's number's f- 10 days for some reason sticks in my head. Okay. And water's the one that it's like after a couple, like yeah. two, three days, you're kind three, of done four for. days according to Carson. <laughs> so Mike Hay tries to concentrate. Um, since some ancient tech needs mental focus, maybe he can just turn it off with his brain and it doesn't work. So he says he's a dead man now. <laughs> He's so eager. He's so eager to have the worst things. Well, again, that fits with his personality. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Woe is me is a little bit of, of McKay. Yeah. M- McKay needs to learn the the saying, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Uh, yeah, I don't but, think he's going to learn that no, very well. No, probably not. <laughs> so in the conference room, John has a portion of the city lit up on a screen. They can maintain security in this area with the people that they have. Mm-hmm. Taylor tries offering some Athosian help, and Weir really quickly, politely turns that down. Yeah, you know, I was a little taken aback by this. I, I, I understand the way the story's moving and yeah. the why, but I was just like, oh, you're our diplomat. Yes. You're the one who would be all about inclusion. Yes. And yet, here we are. And she goes, it's not out of distrust. Um, John tries to reassure it Kayla that is it's it just because you're not up to trained in our tactics. I feel like if I were to be like, is it though? Well, I mean, listen, John is trying real hard to be the peacemaker here. Yeah. Because true. you can tell John trusts Taylor and all the Athosians. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, space isn't an issue yet, thankfully. Uh, Taylor points out that even though her people have always lived in fear of the Wraith, the place is a different kind of fear to them. Some of her people think that this place is haunted by the ghost of their ancestors. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when you are a... There is some... And, I, and I'm blanking. There is some name for a culture that sort of... The, the reverence of your ancestors is your main sort of... I mean, I think it's a lot spiritual of Spiritual belief. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. It's a lot of... What I'm saying is I'm blanking. There's a name for that oh, type okay. of, of, of society, and I'm blanking gotcha. on the name of it. But, yeah, if you're a society that... That reveres your ancestors and the ancients are your yeah, ancestors. Yeah, form of, this is almost a form of disrespect. Exactly. Yeah, fair. Uh, and it... It's going to take them some time to clear the whole city. They're mm. being very cautious intergalactic travelers, and they don't want anyone else to get hurt. They do mention that Holling is now hurt. We never find out why or how Holling got Reasons. hurt. Reasons. Um, and to not touch anything until it's been cleared, McKay raises a hand and basically points to himself. Yeah. Dead man talking. <laughs> Again, let's make this about me a little bit more. Uh-huh. He's good at that. <laughs> so Weir comes to visit Carson. We do get... Uh, one of my favorite lines here is the cautious intergalactic explorers. Yeah. 
<laughs> I feel like that needs to be the name the name of a D and D group. Oh yeah, for sure. Like whenever- when we make a space themed one, that's for there's, sure. There's one called Space Jammer. I believe that's what it's called, which eventually will happen. Yeah. Um, I think that's gonna be our group name: Cautious okay. Intergalactic Explorers. <laughs> no, I definitely. And whenever the first space themed D and D, that's that's the group name: or Wind Jammer or Space Jammer. Or I apologize, those of you we who are yelling. We gotta get up. It's time to jam now. <laughs> we got our rand dance going down. Welcome to the Space Jam. Here's your chance to yell dance. I'm gonna, the I'm space gonna send jam. a cryptic text. All right. <laughs> Um, note to boyfriend Jesse, and hopefully he gets back to me before the Maybe. end of the episode. Okay, so Weir visits Carson. She's a theory that eventually the shield device is going to shut itself off. We know that ancient tech has a mental component to it, and it's not. Like, Rodney might be maybe unconsciously not shutting it down because he wants the attention. But, I mean, this place is intimidating. It's a little scary. Everything is beyond us. And we're is pretty, pretty confident he's not doing it on purpose. But, I mean, the city rose itself out of the water. Ancient technology is going to, like, kill you. There's going to be fail-safes built into it. Sure. So. Yeah. I mean, if there's anyone I would suspect that of, absolutely, it's it's Mr. Rodney McKay. Exactly. <laughs> but the other thing, it just seems interesting to me how quickly she goes to these mistrusting places. Well, and, and, and uh, to me, I, and I don't think it's written this way, but in, in a nice deep read, it's fun to be like, why is she so quick to turn? Yes. And I don't know if this is necessarily a mistrust of Rodney yeah. as much if it's a... Yeah, this man's a little just not in touch with his sure with sure. all sides of him, yeah. and I I think it's more of let's not be too worried about him this early. Yeah, yeah, it's just a little bit of this episode is weird. Remind I, maybe and maybe it's a reminder to herself of like all the worst things possible in people. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, interesting approach, and maybe that is what you do. Maybe that is the safest, most cautious way to intergalactically. Explore. There you go. <laughs> I just know that someone needs to get in touch with some other emotions that are inside of him. Fair. Yeah. That's true. Um, Spelljammer. <laughs> what? Spelljammer. Spelljammer? Is the name of the sci-fi D&D. It's gonna <laughs> get up. It's time to spell. Yeah. We got a real <laughs> going down. Welcome to the spell jam. <laughs> I dig it. Okay. So in the control room, Groden is showing them off all the brand new fancy self-destruct system. Bam, 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 bam. <laughs> Two codes given to the command staff. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm guessing looking is in the room, but I'm also going, wouldn't Carson be a member of the command staff? He's the chief medical officer. Again, they just don't know what and he might do with all his crazy power. I mean, he's got mouse <laughs> vaccines happening. <laughs> uh, and the NACO to general overload in 30 seconds. Big bada boom. <laughs> multi-pass uh, they, they, if they enter two multi-passes yeah, then they're done then big bada, bada boom booms. 30 seconds done so Man, I haven't watched that movie in a while I haven't either but I, I love that movie so I much. think I it was so long ago and I was so drunk that I don't know that I remember it all. Like, I, I oh. could watch it and it would be a f- brand new story. Oh my gosh. I When I say I haven't seen it in a while, I mean it's maybe been two years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that movie so nice. much. So, Atlantis is the only Stargate in the whole Pegasus galaxy that connect, that can dial to Earth. So, mm-hmm. 
They absolutely, positively cannot let it fall into the hands of the Wraith. Sure, because the last thing we need is to deal with Gold and Wraith all at once. <laughs> That's just, that would be the worst. So It's like Alien versus Predator, only worse. <laughs> worse. So Ford asks if the explosion will do enough damage to the city... And McKay's like, have you ever seen a 20 kiloton nuclear explosion? <laughs> John's like, I have. And everyone's yeah, like, I know that. Record yeah. scratch. And he's like, what? Like, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not up close. Yeah. I clearly. Just, yeah. So just uh, to give you size context for what a 20 kiloton nuclear explosion is. Yes. That's basically the size that of Fat Man that was dropped in Nagasaki. Got it. So probably will do some damage to the city. Slightly smaller than the stuff that they were trying to work on afterwards. I yes. knew this. I knew this last week, the difference yeah. between fusion and fission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, <laughs> there's been larger. I think if I remember correctly, the largest it's ever been tested is 50. Okay. Is the largest it's ever been tested. Um, but yeah, it'll do some damage. Oddly enough, I learned about these things in my history of rock and roll class. Well, you know, I'm pretty sure they talk about it in uh, in that one song that we didn't start the fire. <laughs> yeah, um, because at my school, even the fun classes require you to learn a lot of things. There you go. <laughs> I mean, just let me know when you start re- having to learn all the lyrics to We Didn't Start the Fire. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. I wish it were that simple. Uh, no, I've... it's like, tell me what socioeconomical, technological, and political factors led to the inception of rock and roll. <laughs> so I... <laughs> that is what my class is like. That, to be fair, that kind of sounds fun. But uh, that sounds like I had a book that I uh, have, I still have, um, Mm. not that I got rid of it, but it's called um, Art and Physics. Nice. And it actually is along sort of the same ways, but it's talking about how the history of art and history of physics actually sort of went along with each other at the same time and how a lot of Einstein's theories um, sort of like coupled with Picasso and Cubism and how yeah. they actually sort of... Because this whole world is... Everything patterns. It's the circle of oh. life. <laughs> it's the wheel of art. <laughs> okay. Done. So John just wants to know why Taylor's not here in this whole, like, super important, you know, self-destruct talk. Uh, she's part of the team. He trusts her. And Weir does, too. Weir trusts Taylor, mm-hmm. just not necessarily all of her people yet. Sure. She, she That's fair. Make, That's it's very a, fair. It's a very distinct distinction. Mm-hmm. Distinct. <laughs> it's a distinct distinction. <laughs> I like it. So they keep still, drinking that ginger wine. They still don't know if it was one of the Athosians that tipped off their arrival to the Wraith. Fair. Um, and Weir just really wants to get to know them mm-hmm. before she's all trusting of them yeah so now we get a really fun scene (laughs) john telling the athosian children friday the 13th as a ghost story (laughs) but they are more obsessed with what a hockey mask is and learning about hockey because these kids get hunted by actual fucking monsters Uh now which story would you tell you're like, I get to claim any story I want. I feel like I have an idea, but I'm going to let you tell me. 
Uh, if, if I'm going for ghost stories? Well, or just anything, but oh, yeah. Oh, God. Ghost. Oh, if I'm just going to tell them a story? Mm-hmm. As if my own? Yep. Oh, it's going to be Lord of the Rings. Yes, what I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to 100% now, be Lord of the Rings. Now, if you are going full-on ghost story. If I'm going to full-on ghost story. So here's the thing. I'm not a huge... I'm not a huge horror person yeah. fan. Um... So I don't know. I mean, Friday the 13th is always a solid choice. If you're talking people who hasn't. To me, it's what he's going to tell next time. Nightmare on Elm Street has always been scarier to me than Friday the 13th. I'm all about Halloween. Okay. See, (laughs) Halloween's the one that I don't know as well. And that, kids, is why you don't have sex. (laughs) (laughs) It's how you end that story. (laughs) That kind of works for for Friday the 13th as well. No, I was going to like tell... Tales from the Crypt. I know, but I never, I don't remember. Or you could go with like a good Twilight Zone one. Twilight Zone's (laughs) time enough at last. Broken glasses, dude. (laughs) My only saving grace is that is that I can read up close. I'm I'm nearsighted, so if my glasses break, I can still read. I'm I'm gonna go with the tales that have. No, that's only scary if you have to watch it. Um, I'm going to go with one of the stories that has haunted me since I was about three years old. Okay. La Llorona. Straight up La Llorona. That bitch is trouble. Oh, you know, uh, you know, actually, (laughs) I can remember. And actually, that one would be really, uh, it's a good utility story because it'd be like, and that kid is why we don't wander off when people tell us not to fucking wander you know what always traumatized me as a kid? Mm. Uh, Brave Little Toaster. Oh, <laughs> that just made me sad. I know. But again, these kids are hunted by actual monsters. Yeah. They give no shits. Yeah, they're like, I ain't scared of anything. You know, I'm me hereditary. If, I didn't even see her. If I had seen it enough times, it could be an ongoing thing. You could just tell, tell them supernatural. Yeah. 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 You could just, you'd be like Sherazadi in A Thousand Tales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I would, I would go gather around, children. Let me tell you about the story of a magic ring. <laughs> but they are, they're more interested in, in hockey here. Hmm. And I am clearly not on John's side where he's like, well, I'll tell you about football because it's better than hockey. You know, I'm so I'm really upset that they went with football. Well, here's the thing. Oh, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's a California boy. Right. Which is why he would go baseball. This is true. OK, I'll give you that. I will yep. give you that. Yep. I would like to just be a fly on the wall. Uh-huh. As or even basketball. But I would like to be a fly on the wall. Uh-huh. When when Jack and John are sitting down having a beer, arguing, debating football versus hockey, I think they would probably both settle on rugby. <laughs> they probably would. I, I can imagine. I can imagine that uh, John was a football player. He's probably a kicker or a punter. I can. Yeah, assume. he's not so big. He's but not so yeah. big. I don't think he was even quarterback, uh-huh. but I can see him being a, a punter. I or a think kicker. he would have been a lovely baseball player. You think everyone he looks would have like been? a good shortstop? Think- I'm gonna actually think about that for a little while. Okay, okay, I'm back. I'm gonna go third baseman. <laughs> yeah, just because I base is good. I like third base. Yeah. that's where I was <laughs> when I got good enough to get out of the outfield. Well, he seems nimble. He does. And, and your shortstop's got to be pretty nimble. They always just suck me at third because I could <laughs> chuck the ball over to yeah, first base. Yeah, here you go. You have a strong arm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. 
catching is here or there, so we'll stick you over the side that the ball doesn't get to as much. See, yeah, I was always a catcher, so here you are, mastermind. Yeah. You're, you're no. more of a mind player than a body player. Here, go play catcher. Yeah. No, I hated catcher. Yeah. It, it is a lot of thinking. Uh, oh, I just hated squatting with the mask. Oh, it was okay. hot. That was my main thing. Okay, so Taylor calls bedtime. And John promises to tell him about the Nightmare on Elm Street next. Uh, which, to me, again, you could make a connection with Nightmare on Elm Street when the Wraith, and I think yes. it'd be actually much scarier to them. Yeah. Come on, John, get it together. Again, nightmares are always scarier. Mm-hmm. So he does hope he didn't scare them too bad. And yeah, I. You I probably think didn't. They're, yeah. they're fine. Yeah. In the hallway later, John is like, yeah, just can you do me a favor and not tell McKay that whole thing I went on about how hockey is not a real man sport <laughs> because it's Canadian and it's like a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, as long as you're not insulting curling, everything is fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, John, that's also an American thing and they're fighting words. And I'll meet you all back. Oh, let me show you when a hockey game. Okay, so <laughs> Taylor's actually- just fine, but not the face. <laughs> just not the face. So Taylor is actually interested in hearing about this football thing, and John's like, "Now you're speaking my language." Yeah. Oh, come with me. <laughs> so as is hauling as puts Jinto to bed. Yeah. Um, ask, he's like, "Are we safe from the wraith here?" Mm. And Holling's like, "The only thing that is certain in life is my love for you." Oh. First of all, it's a very good line. Yeah. It's very sweet. Second of all, that is A plus dad work about getting out of answering a question that uh-huh. you don't want to answer. Yep. <laughs> now go to the, sleep, Jinto. Distract. Distract. <laughs> For a hundred, please. Jinto <laughs> uh, also thinks that the ghosts of the ancestors are here. <laughs> then we get the most adorable team bonding. Uh-huh. And I love that this is a great team bonding that's happening so early in the series. Yeah. Taylor, John, Ford, and McKay watch a football game. <laughs> it is the infamous Hail Flutie, <laughs> the Miracle of Miami, Boston College versus University of Miami, November of 1984, which is one of the most infamous moments in sports history. Bum, bum, bum. Doug Flutie's last second Hail Mary to get Boston College the win. He went on to win the Heisman. He did. He went on to play as Canada, as four he points did. out. <laughs> And I love how Taylor's like, oh, so he played hockey, too. <laughs> he went on to make fluty flakes. <laughs> he did make fluty flakes. And watching John try to explain to Taylor why the catch is legendary. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a poem, and it's, I mean, it's a prayer, and it's the thing, and it's... Yeah, yeah. Let, let's go way back. I, I do think Taylor is me, and this is like, why is this important? Exactly. <laughs> Taylor is me watching football. It's like, cool, I want to care. <laughs> But I don't. I don't get yeah, it. I want to. You why, seem to very much enjoy this. Why is everyone just running into each other? Yeah, you know what it is about football? I'm going to go on my rant. Yes, go on your rant. It's not even just that they just run into each other. No. It is the... Um, now, um, and mind you, I know that this is coming from a baseball fan. So, you are a baseball so fan. So come back to it. Okay. We'll come back to this. The amount of waiting around is ridiculous. It's insane. I understand that baseball games are long. Yeah. But something is happening. Yeah. Even if it's not happening everywhere. I mean, they're not cricket games. Right. <laughs> right. So even if it's not happening everywhere, something's happening. There's so much stopping and starting in football. There is. It feels like... It feels like when you're playing with the kid who's constantly changing the rules as you go. It feels like the last two minutes of a basketball game. That's fair. Yeah. 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 But all the time. But all the time. Um, 
I don't think that was always the case. Which is why the greatest thing that's ever happened to football. Are you about just watching the Patriots? Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> Zing. As, as, as husband bartender Nick points He's out. He's literally at headphones watching The Punisher and just vocalizing in at different points. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, no, it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to football huh. is ESPN Red Zone. Okay. It's the greatest thing that ever happened to football. Yeah. For someone who has no patience. Yeah. Or... Or um, what's the thing where I lose interest in quick amounts of attention time? Attention span? And no attention span? Red Zone's the greatest, because all you do is see the scoring, and there's no commercials. The and, yeah. Done. So can someone just edit the game down to the five minutes that's it's actually played? That's basically what Red Zone does. <laughs> that's basically, which is why, again, hockey, yo. Yo. Hockey. Gotta yeah, pay attention to I that will shit. give it to to basketball and hockey. Uh, for the most part, there's yeah. there's it's just always moving. It's always, always moving. moving. Go go go. Let's do this. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, Weir comes in to this scene, mm-hmm. and uh, and and you know teaching Taylor how football is the cornerstone of Western civilization <laughs> again. Yeah, dude. Nah. So and wonders. It's not even the cornerstone of American culture. Okay, no. I'm done. No. That's clearly I'm trying to come up with some witty thing that that would be, and it's not coming. It's to baseball. Right now. <laughs> it's bet. baseball. It's basket baseball. It's listen, basketball. one of the greatest films that's ever been made that will listen. The person who can't be in tears very often uh-huh. guaranteed to put me in tears every single time. Do you want to play a game of catch? Oh, if you build it, they will Aww. come. I thought you were going to say League of Their Own, but I'll take that one too. League of Their Own is good. League mm-hmm. of Their Own is fantastic, but Field of Dreams is like emotional catnip. Fair, <laughs> fair. <laughs> um. So anyway, wondering why John, if he's allowed one personal item, uh-huh. is choosing a college football game on tape. But to John, it's a metaphor. That this expedition is the greatest Hail Mary yeah. in human history. Yeah. He is a romantic, isn't he? He, he is a little bit of a romantic. Uh, and and John, this is where John actually tries to explain Hail Mary to Taylor. Yeah. And he just ends with, I like Ferris wheels. <laughs> also, I think you're pretty, is basically what he's doing there. <laughs> you're pretty. Uh yeah, I love this adorable team bonding that we get in, like, the second episode. Mm-hmm. So, Jinto then goes in, sneaking out after hours. He had to love this game. Getting Wex, playing Wraith, and Jinto, this time, wants to be Major Shepard. <laughs> of course he does. And Jinto counts as Wex hides, but, like, sees where he's going, because he's just a little bit of a cheater. So, Jinto hunts down his Wraith. <laughs> he starts hearing some sounds around him. And he heads into a closet with a bunch of storage boxes, and everything around him is quiet. <laughs> and we come to Wex, who just is like, dude, are you even looking for me anymore? Like, I'm not that good of a hider. Uh, I'm kind yeah. of shit at this game. Yeah. I kind of didn't want to play anyway, so I purposely made myself <laughs> easy to find. It's like when you're playing with a little kid, and you're yeah. like, oh, you found me. Uh, I guess we're done. Bye. Go find your mom. <laughs> so Holly knocks on John's door because Jinto is missing, and John grabs his gear and goes running. And Let's and, take uh, a moment yeah. to sit in John's room. Uh-huh. I know there's an emergency. Yeah, there is. I know there's a missing child. Uh-huh. 
I know that I don't have my notes, but I wrote oh, this in all did caps. You, did you not notice that thing on his wall? I did not actually. I'm not, I didn't okay. even get that far. I just noticed how cozy he looked. Mm-hmm. Reading, sitting on that twin bed. I'm and now forgetting if he already has his poster up in the... Nope, I don't think that poster's up there. Never mind. Nope, no. I was just... There's a thing that we will... Don't, we don't often get to see bedrooms. No. Unless they're in a comical way, like yeah. Daniel's diagonal yeah, yeah, bed. Yeah. <laughs> but just watching him sitting there reading... Yeah. ...was like... I'm just gonna go for it. The sexiest thing yeah. ever. Um, I'm and just I was gonna... like, you got room for two in that twin bed? So I'm not gonna tell you what it is. I will tell you that there is later something in his room mm-hmm. hanging on a wall that may just push s- push that overboard for you. <laughs> but I'm not going to say what. Can't handle because it. Because the moment you'll see it, trust me, you'll notice Got it. it. Got okay. it. I'm ready. So John, knowing there can be dangers in the city, takes us full on seriously. And he wakes up Ford, teams of two, floor by floor sweep, starting with the jumper bay full gear, and Ford is up and awake. Yeah. After he's, that. He's ready to go. To he's, be fair, Ford is young enough that he can fully wake up in well, about I five mean, seconds. I mean, that's kind of the soldier way, oh, too, right? Oh, it's the right? soldier way. It's like, you, you're always ready to go. But he also looks like he's about 22. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> He's, he's a puppy. He's he he's the puppy in our house who the second he is out of that crate yeah. is like, let's go. He could have been drinking all night and he's still going to wake up yes. like in about five seconds. Absolutely. Of the night. <laughs> so Taylor reports that he, he's not with any of the other Athosians. Hauling wants to go with John even on crutches because that is his son. That I mean, I it's can't blame that Papa man. Bear. Don't yeah. fuck with Papa Bear. Yeah. I got I got a, a boy to, to, to protect. Yeah. It's the only thing left. So in the control room, they can't use the sensors because, A, they don't have enough power to search the city at once, and, B, they can't really pinpoint Jinto from anyone else. And I'm like, maybe he's the one that's not near anyone else? There you go. There you go. (laughs) One of these things is not not like like the the other. other. (laughs) Way to think that one through, Nixie. So the power is flickering, and they're Uh getting some weird energy signals from an unexplored area of the city. Maybe go search the weird unexplored area of the city. Mm. Hmm. Let's think about that one a little bit harder. Guys. <laughs> okay, so Weir tries calling over the radio, and they lose all power except for the lights. I get that other shit happens if they can't go search that area, but maybe go search that area when also, you get a chance. Also, yeah, the first thing, you should be on your priority. <laughs> List of priorities. Yeah, Grodin doesn't know why the power is flickering, and then the iris just, like, opens, like, turns on on its own, uh-huh. and then the Stargate starts dialing on its own. And, and I, we know we've only been here a few days. Maybe shit's malfunctioning. Yeah. Or maybe there's ghosts. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. I'm going to go with ghosts. Ghosts. I'm going to ghost it up. It's old man yeah. Roger. It's old man Roger <laughs> in a mask, the proprietor of the hotel. So John radios that <laughs> the lights went out where he is. Where's like, uh, I know. And they're working on it. Yeah. Maybe there are ghosts, since John and Hollings are seeing... In my pants! There's ghosts in my pants. (laughs) But we see... I don't know why that worked, but... John and Holling through a weird... POV. (laughs) Can I just say, very similar to the last episode of SG-1 with Anubis. Oh, right! These aired on the same night. They're like, hey, look, we found this new plug-in <laughs> in After Effects. I bet we could use it to make bad guys. What do you all think yep. about these bad guy smoky things? We, Can y'all write this? We, we found a bad guy plug-in? Yeah. Use the bad guy plug-in. I'm gonna start saying that at work. 
Oh, just, you know, use the bad guy plugin. And you're just doing headshots? Yep. It's the bad guy plugin. Yep. Ta-da, done. Cut them out with the bad guy plugin. Um, but yeah, the genius, the, the genius writers are like, yeah, we got this. Yeah, we got this. We'll write to that. You want you want us to base an entire episode around a plugin? Got Boom. it, no problem. Got it. Super, totally okay thing that we'll do. So Micaiah's thinking the power fluctuations could be something to do with the patch they basically have between Earth technology and city technology <laughs> and like square plug round hole. Yeah. They had to do that in Apollo 13. <laughs> and there's not enough duct tape. There's not enough duct tape. To be fair, they did use duct tape. That's to why. Make that yeah. One. I, th- I knew you knew that. I know some You're things. All smart. Also, I only know some things because I believe I've already brought that up to you about four different yeah. times. Yeah, and I do love me some Tom Hanks movies. Oh, I love Tom Hanks. <laughs> okay, so he's we're... my he's my birthday buddy. That's right. Our I birthdays have, are the same day. I have Mark Hamill. That's a pretty good one too. And uh, Will Smith. Nice. I'll yeah. take him. Yeah. <laughs> we're both meant to be famous. That's what that means. <laughs> That's clearly. Yep. So we're would never like have thought McKay believed in goats and McKay's like, yeah, I wouldn't have either, but then I learned about a thing called the wraith that sucks the life out of you through a vagina Which on their hands. Literally a fucking ghost. <laughs> like, as what far the as fuck I'm is concerned. that? Yeah. <laughs> and Taylor calls for Weir. And introduces her to a young woman named Marta. She's really nervous. Mm-hmm. She saw a shadow, like the type that the wraith project. And Taylor doesn't sense any wraith here. When Weir calls John, this is actually the part that I have the most problems with Weir this entire episode. Okay. When Weir calls John, she tells him that one of the Athosians claims claims to have seen a shadow. And Weir senses that no wraith, but she's still concerned. And Marta notices that Weir uses the word claimed. Yeah. And Weir doesn't, you can, she can tell Weir doesn't necessarily believe her. That she's just seeing things. Right. And has this whole other sub subtext that we could go into about believing people when they say something happened, but we're going to leave it at that. Uh-huh. Ten foot pole? It's, it is a tough one to say because it's like using the word alleged. It is. Because here's the thing. Either way, regardless of what it is, Marta saw a shadow. Yes. The yes. problem is, it's like the thing about it's a UFO. Anything could be a UFO. If the person seeing it can't identify it, it's a UFO. Yep. Yep. That's what literally UFO means. Unidentified. It doesn't mean alien. It means unidentified flying object. Marta saw a shadow. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's from. She didn't say, I saw Wraith. Yeah. She didn't say, I saw a ghost. I she saw a shadow. She said, I saw a shadow, which is a legitimate thing that she saw. It reminds her of the stuff that the Wraith project because that's her only context for it. And, and there is an appropriate place to. There are some places where it's important to use the word alleged. Yes. There are some places where it's not. This is not a place. You don't need that. No. You're just giving information to John. Marta saw a shadow. Yeah. We don't know what it is yet. Yeah. Simple as that. That shadow could have been a weird thing with the lights. Yep. Doesn't mean she didn't see a shadow. Yep. Okay. It's important that this is not this is not the place where you need to use the words no. like alleged or exactly sh- or it's just this is what it is. Mm-hmm. This is the fact, and this is what what this happened. is the fact, Jack. Yeah, boom, boom. Okay, so John calls all the teams back to the gate room. Hollings like, um, no, son, look for yeah. Um, remember but- that time my son's missing, <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> John's like, look, if there's a threat here, we're gonna have to approach things differently. Mm. And we see the other POV again. 
the bad guy plug-in. Yeah. Bad guy plug-in time. So in the control room, John has um, controlled access to the areas. He has security teams out. Two more Thosians have seen shadows. And mm-hmm. John is pretty sure the Wraith aren't here. Like, beca- they, I mean, because they wouldn't just sit around lurking in the shadows, scaring them. They would just come out and blast them and take them and eat them. Right. I mean, right. The Wraith not- aren't sitting there. They're, they're not here to play games. No. They're just here to eat. Exactly. We're not here for a good time. We're just here for a food time. (laughs) (laughs) So the Athosians are just seeing things where it's like, I mean, it's a scary place. I made you a penis. Aww. (laughs) We're going to hold this up to the camera. (laughs) Um, I apologize, guys. Grace got a little. We have little men. Okay. Nervous and distracted. So what happened here for those who can't see is we have those little tiny magnetic balls that they have banned from selling because children are dumb, huh. um, and we have the really little tiny ones, and they sit here on the desk as like fidget things, and they have a hard time saying no to them. Yeah, well, they're hard to say no to. They're, they're like fun. play with me. We have like three packs all together. So <laughs> okay, so and I made a penis. <laughs> Done. So Holling gets permission to speak over the intercom to Jinto, telling him that no one's angry. We just want you safe. Mm-hmm. Just want you home. Please make noise. Someone will come get you. And then he starts praying an ancient, mm-hmm. a prayer to the ancestors, father of light of the everlasting temple, telling them that telling the ancients and the ancestors that they will leave their city if that's what they want. But he will not leave without a son. Yeah. I do love the, um, it's very good writing. It just, yes. the, the, the way John goes, is that Latin? Yeah. Because everything that John would know or, or understand of anything God related would be Latin. Well, and it just seems like a little throwaway line, but it's very well done. It's very well done because. Because he wouldn't immediately go, is that ancient? No, but it's also. I have a hunch that John knows some Latin. Right. But even if he... That's what I mean, though. Even if he yeah. didn't, even if there's no knowledge, your first place as an American human from yeah. Earth... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you hear prayer, uh-huh. you're going to go, is, is that, that Latin? Latin? Yeah. Because that's the first thing we know. Yeah, because yeah. especially because you know it's not a commonly gonna, today spoken language. Right. And, and he's a white angle. He's not going, is that Aramaic? Is yeah. That, no. no. He's like, is that Latin? Yeah. Yes. Also, I just get the feeling that John probably had to learn some He's like, some I know some words, yeah. Carpe diem, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the lights go out and McKay collapses. Sorry, McKay faints. Yeah. <laughs> At least according to Carson, he fainted. Yeah. <laughs> according to McKay, he passed out from manly hunger. Oh, yes. <laughs> John heads out from the infirmary telling Weir that McKay's going to be okay. He just fainted. He just, you know, needs some smell and salt. His corset was a little too tight. <laughs> so in as he gets into the hallway, all the lights go out again. Mm-hmm. And it gets super creepy. Would you say that the lights went out in the city? <laughs> the lights go out in, in the, the city. <laughs> and the sun shines on Atlantis. <laughs> I wanna be there. What okay, if that gonna... song was written about Atlantis? Maybe it was. <gasps> what if San Francisco is Atlantis, but it hasn't sunk yet, and it's gonna sink? Maybe it just was risen up again because it sensed that the people in the city were in danger, yep. and so it rose back up out of the ocean, and that's what one of the earthquakes in California was oh, back in the day. Are. Yeah, yeah, oh, well, yeah. 
I like it. Uh-huh. That's what happened. We're done. <laughs> Bye. San Francisco is Atlantis. Ta-da! <laughs> can you... Okay. I don't know if you can understand how that would be all of my wildest dreams come true. I mean, you certainly don't love the city or anything with all your dying hearts. Not even a tiny bit. Not even a tiniest bit of all of the love in my heart. That would be be amazing. (laughs) Okay. So we see another, the the, the bad guy filter again. (laughs) John points his gun at it, and it really is just a shadow. It's darkness going through the corridor. Yeah. And once it passes, the lights come back on. Mm-hmm. Groden saw it too. Uh, it's pulling around the neck with a generator. Hmm. So back in the control room, John confirms that it's not a wraith shadow, um, but it's easy to see how it's confused with one. Right. It just looks like darkness. I'm not a wraith. I just look like one. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just drawn that way. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And it grew around, like, swarmed around the generator like it was feeding off of it. And once it turned it off... It is also hungry, much like McKay. It's, it's basically the Hexus, guys. Yeah. That's... Oh, my God! In the notes that I no longer have, you I wrote, wrote it's Hexus. The Hexus. Yeah, yeah, it's literally just the Hexus. Yeah. I'm still really pumped about my notes. We talked about Ferngully last time or before, mm. but this is this is legit. Maybe, this maybe we're due for a rewatch of Ferngully. <sighs> maybe that's what the universe is telling us. I love Batty. Batty. I mean, oh. is it? it's Robin Williams, right? It is. Yeah. yeah. You can't go wrong with Batty. God, I love Ferngully. <laughs> Talk about... Yeah, that would be... that. That would be a horror story to tell the Athosia oh, kids. Oh, about the machines? That destroy all the nature. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I do like it. Eats the stars and shit. Done. You can Done. add that in. You can flow overhead. It'll uh-huh. eat the stars over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Okay, so um, McKay, who has an unopened power bar in his hand, <laughs> said the darkness feeds off energy. It could be very bad. I mean, for all of you, because I won't be here. Dead man walking. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's the AKA. Keep, the AKA dead. is just dead man walking. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> um, so they can't just shut down the generators since humans also give off energy. Negligible, but if there's no other alternatives around. Uh-huh. So flying... It's like, you know, when you've got nothing left in the kitchen as far as good snacks. Yeah. And you've got some, like, carrots in there, and you're like, I guess I'll fucking eat some carrots. They're not going <sighs> to satisfy me, but I just want to crunch something that yeah. badly. Yeah. To me, that's apples. Apples always make me hungrier. <laughs> oh, interesting. Peanut butter. I do. Oh, dude. If you give me a spoon... I will eat the entire container yeah. of peanut butter. <laughs> but no, apples, whenever I eat an apple, I'm more hungry by the end of the apple than I was when I started. Well, that's what I mean. That's when I add the peanut butter to the Oh, it's apple. just a delivery service uh-huh. for the peanut butter. Yep. That works. Yeah. So, Flying Darkness that can eat energy can only be very <laughs> Flying good. Darkness is the name of our new band. Flying Darkness. Flying. You know what? It's the name of our new team. We, uh, our softball team. Yeah, it's our softball team. If it was a band, it would be uh, much like Blind Guardian and just do, like, fantasy-themed dark metal. I'm good with that. Yeah. <laughs> so instead of keeping the generators on all of them, Groden's going to figure out how to detect it. And <laughs> then when it goes near one generator, they'll turn that one off. Yep. And then they'll go to the next, and they'll just lead it in a circle and be busy. Yep. So Weir starts calling out to the city over the intercom. 
And then they hear Jinto over the intercom. Oh, Jinto. He doesn't know where he is, but he's scared. And John gets him to help them retrace his steps. So they retrace him outside of Jinto's room. They try following him. But without the stars, Jinto doesn't know right from left, I guess. (laughs) I'll cover this when we get... Well, no, I'm going to cover it now. Okay. I get that he's lost and he's somewhere different. He's not somewhere scary. He's not somewhere scary. I feel like scared is the wrong word. Like, he's like, uh, yeah, dude, I'm lost as fuck. Yeah. It's like getting lost in the toy store. You're not so much scared. <laughs> You're just like, where the fuck am I? I mean, he may be hearing some weird noises and he thinks That's there's fair. a shadow he around. He may have seen the shadow. That's true. Yeah. But, but again, uh, my takes whole... takes me a second to be like, really? My thing is like, oh, he doesn't know which way he went because he can't see the stars. You don't know right from left? I mean, granted, I get confused right and left sometimes, <laughs> but I just have to think about it That's for a true. second. That's true. Did you turn right or left to go straight? Do you remember anywhere you went? You, you don't need stars for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he went into a small room with earth boxes. Mm-hmm. And they head to that room, but there's no boxes there. Jinto's like, well, no, all the boxes are with me now. Ta-da! Did I forget to mention this very important fact? It's not a closet. <laughs> so the panel lights up, and it lit up when Jinto went too. And of course, yeah, he touched it. Of course he did. Of course. And oh, I mean, I probably would have touched it too. I would have completely touched it. We're like, what's this? And McKay's like, well, here in this part of sees where all those unusual readings are that we didn't go to visit yet. Uh huh. And so John goes ahead and touches. Remember that time we should have gone here because Nixie told us we should have gone here and uh-huh. nobody did. That's probably where he is. And the doors close and open again elsewhere because it's not a closet; it's a transporter. <laughs> Good job. Better than an elevator. Yes. So back with everyone else, the boxes are back, but no Jinto because he's hiding in the lab <laughs> where John and McKay now are. So he does radio and we have them. Everyone's safe. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that all this traveling reminds me of how fucking beautiful this set is. It's gorgeous. It really is the best set. It's like the and I love Art Deco as well. So mm-hmm. this is basically just well, set that's what candy. I mean. It's just it's just like everything I've ever wanted my house to look like yeah. is this set. Uh huh. I'm going to live in Atlanta. In guys. fact, can they? Can I just get the set decorators to come do yeah. my house? The, the, that would I'm, be awesome. I'm going to live in the set. <laughs> So in the control room, Groden shows off his fancy, like, generator chase setup he has. It's it's very much like uh, Mousetrap, the board game. Yeah. It's, uh. it's, it's like a Rube Goldberg machine of fucking generators. Uh-huh. <laughs> he has it going in circles. And Queer's like, I really, I really hope we're not making it mad. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you, though? At this point, what else can you do other exactly. than piss it off or kill it? I mean, it's probably already pissed, as we'll yeah. find out later. Uh-huh. So Groden reroutes Ford and Stackhouse um, because it's coming their way. But the, the door they're heading towards slams shuts and dun, they can't get out. Dun, dun. McKay, they're here. Everything's over the intercom. So McKay assumes it was just sort of random malfunction since the darkness mm-hmm. is fucking with energy. It may be messing with systems. So Ford and Stackhouse double back and that door shut, too. And the darkness is coming. The and darkness is co- oh, it's so emo. <laughs> it's so uh, the darkness is coming. And darkness is coming, and it's going to paint my soul black. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to live in black. The world is lacking. As colors. I listen to Joy Division, <laughs> the world is lacking colors. <laughs> The rain is melting the blah, blah, blah. Okay, so to rush, McKay tries to explain to Ford over the radio how to hotwire the door open. Eventually, they're able to do it. At the last second, Stackhouse goes through. Ford starts screaming. 
and you can hear it over all the inter- the intercoms. Yowza, bad um, times are happening. The darkness quickly passes, and Ford is down unconscious, and you can tell it'll burnt. Yeah. Looks like he has a little frostbite in his cheeks. It's not okay. It's kind okay. of shitty. Yeah. But don't worry. Carson tells us he's going to be just fine. It's like he was hit by lightning. He's a tough kid. He's young. He'll be good. Mm-hmm. And John does have to reinforce the stack house that there's nothing you could have done. It happened. Move on. Yeah. Yeah. So back down the lab, Jinto didn't touch anything of consequence except the containment unit that yeah. let out the shadow. Yeah. I mean, I didn't do anything except possibly destroy all of our lives and threaten our entire existence. <laughs> That's it. The unit has its own power source for it. It was a containment unit. And the ancients captured it for observation into their own research into ascension. What? Why wasn't that rule number one? Rule number one. Don't touch it anything. It was rule number one. Apparently not for the Athosians. Jinto's just a snotty-nosed Brett kid. Yeah, that's fair. Well, he was playing Shepard. He was playing Shepard. Shepard would. I feel like that would be my he was, defense. He was channeling Shepard a little that, too yeah, much. Yeah, that would be my defense. Look, I went method. I went method in my play acting time. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's be honest. Shepard would have touched all that shit Shepard that I touched. Shepard would have touched all of it. Um, so conveniently. In fact, the reason we're here is because he sat down in a fucking chair. Yeah. So conveniently, um... John hasn't heard of Ascension. Hmm. So for all of you viewers who didn't watch SG-1 or Brand New It to Atlantis, uh-huh. McKay's going to explain it to you bah, in bah, a bah, sentence. Bah, yeah. But new to us is the fact that this indicates that there may have been, like, gene therapy of their own in order to get to Ascension. It wasn't a natural evolutionary process. Right. So... Again, like the Hexus, the more it feeds, the bigger and deadlier it gets. Which still, again, surprises me that Daniel has no genes. No. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, I mean, it doesn't necessarily say the smarter you are, the more likely you are to have the gene. No, but at this point, he has to send it. Like, through all the things he's experienced, somehow he may have... Like, I feel like, how is he not genetically mutated into that? True. But I, yeah, it's the question of is Ascension going to genetically mutate you or not? That's fair. That's fair. I just feel like. I mean, he didn't become an ancient just because he ascended. True. True. Yeah. He's, it's almost like he's ancient adjacent. He is. At this point. Yeah. He's like an adopted ancient. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's been welcomed. Yeah. Into you know, the family. Into the family. Whether or not there's matching DNA. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, it. it the the hexus is sentient, mm-hmm. um, but you'd have more luck having a conversation with a great white shark, honestly. <laughs> and it's pissed. Yeah. And it's hungry because it's been trapped for 10,000 years in this, at least, in this containment unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Kay is pretty sure you can get it back in there. <laughs> so Taylor brings Jinto to see Ford in the infirmary. Hmm. And he wants to apologize, but Ford is like, look, we have a saying on Earth. Shit happens. <laughs> It's not what he says, but... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Can we not say shit on TV? Here's the thing. Here's what I don't... No, it's it's one of the seven, isn't it? Unless you're South Park. Oh, okay. But also, I mean, technically they're on cable. Technically they could say shit. Okay. Here's what I don't know. Is it technically because they can't say don't want to say shit on the sci-fi channel or is it are they playing it off because it's for talking to a kid i'll buy that and to him 
again, the difference between the difference between Ford and I, I would just say shit. And then five minutes later going, should I have said that to someone that age? I probably should not have said that to a child. Yeah. (laughs) Whereas Ford, probably I'm guessing Ford's more used to young children. Understands that children are a thing that exists. Listen, shit happens. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And uh, look, the kid should learn curse words at some point. Yeah. At least Earth ones. I mean, yeah, I was going to say, and the Earth ones are not as bad. Listen, I was learning, I I enjoyed learning curse words in other languages, because then you could say them, and then you wouldn't get in trouble with people. I still know how to say some very terrible ones that I will not say on this podcast (laughs) in Vietnamese, because I have great friends who taught me the words. (laughs) I used to know, again, speaking of Latin, I did, because one of my friends took Latin in high school, I then instinctively learned a bunch of Latin insults. It's so. the first things you learn exactly. in other languages. It's the most useful of all the terms. Exactly. Well, double dumbass on you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thank you, Star Trek. So, but look, Ford tells him, you didn't mean for this to happen. Mm-hmm. None of this is your fault. We didn't mean for the wraith to show up and went on your we planet. We didn't start the fire. It, <laughs> it was, was always burning. burning. <laughs> I mean, since the world's been turning. <laughs> Shit happens, kid. Yeah. So, Groden notices something bad. <clears throat> the Hexus is wised up. It's not running in circles anymore. And thankfully, McKay has figured out how the mousetrap works. It's actually very simple. Turn it on. Attract, lu- attract with lure. Trap it. Two buttons. Easy peasy. Yep. Um, someone just has to be there to press it. And John <laughs> volunteers. McKay's this like, okay. is so <laughs> shitty for McKay. It's so shitty because to you're... Quote, to quote the Binge Mode podcast, <laughs> tough luck for my guy McKay. <laughs> it's a tough look because there's no graceful way for him out of it. He's like, oh, uh, not it. He's <laughs> like, hold up. Wait a minute. Usnavi's leaving us for the Dominican Republic. And he went to the girl. And then, okay, it's not Hamilton. It's still Lin-Manuel Miranda. Fair. But anyways, hold up. Wait a minute, Weir says. Uh, McKay is wearing an invincibility shield. Yeah. When, why should John go? Fair. Fair point. When suddenly the shield turns off and falls off McKay's He's chest. like, what shield? I don't have a shield. What shields are what? <laughs> Dives into his protein bar. Yes, shield. <laughs> and where's basically, I told you so with a giant eye roll. Yeah. That is worthy of some sort of uh, real housewives type yeah. thing. <laughs> she's she's all ready for, for uh, daytime soap. Yeah. And McKay tries to defend that. Look, it just, it, I mean, it just came off. And I'm not scared. I'll go do it. That's yeah. fine. I... Look, it doesn't work for John either. It's fine. I should, um, food. Now, imagine, imagine at this point being McKay and being not actually scared. Because we find out eventually that he well, ends up. Or not being so scared that you would put everyone else yes, at risk. I will say that he is definitely scared and afraid. He just oh, yeah. rises to it. Which is yeah. makes him even braver. In my eyes. Mm-hmm. But just imagine being in that position and trying to insist, like, no, fucking for real, dude. Like, I, <laughs> I didn't do it. I didn't do it. The frustration that but, must set in. But also, there's that little bit where, in the moment, McKay... Maybe a little relieved. <laughs> a little relieved, but it's also just, in the moment, McKay can't... And I'm not saying I'd be able to either, mm-hmm. but can't take the step back in order to go. Maybe there was a little bit of an unconscious desire. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, because of the fear. I mean, I think at that point, it's just hard to admit the fear. That's what I'm saying. He just he's he's not able to and he may not ever be able to unless the man gets into some therapy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anyone on this, you know, on this in the city uh-huh. needs to some therapy. Get um, yourself some therapizing. Get your shit. Put it in a bag. And take it to your therapist. Uh-huh. But yeah, it, there's no graceful way out. There's no, he's just like exit stage right. Like <laughs> yeah. there's no. Uh, bye. <laughs> just get out of the conversation. Yeah. Power bar in hand. <laughs> Gotta go. So Taylor and Holling are putting Jento to bed. Mm. And he was always told he shouldn't be afraid of the dark. No. But now, kind of literally Everything should be afraid of the dark. in the dark. But Taylor lights a candle because <laughs> the darkness won't come because it's afraid of fire. I do love her fancy candle lighting way that I know, she just I nonchalantly it. does. I also just love when she's like, everything is afraid of something. Which is true. 100% true. Yeah. And fear is absolutely part of what existence. we deal with. Yeah. Like fear is part of existence. Uh-huh. So we see the darkness, the hexes moving through Atlantis, and the Athosians are lighting candles and praying and holding each other as as Weir walks through and sees this. And Grodin also remarks at the timing of McKay's shield turning off, and how it, I mean, it wouldn't have worked on John, and, and McKay actually knows that, because mm-hmm. the two of them found the text that it's sort of like a... It imprints on the first person it turns on to, so the only person it would work for is McKay. Right. So that's where we are. Yeah. Um, guys, I wasn't that scared. God. <laughs> Is it basically what's happening? Yeah. So then McKay comes in with a giant flashlight and a giant sandwich. <laughs> and Weir lights a candle since Taylor told the children that the candle will protect them. Mm-hmm. But clearly she's doing it because it's just going to get dark and they need light. And McKay just sort of mocks her with her giant flashlight. <laughs> and they're ready. So John turns the device on, Groden turns everything else off, mm-hmm. and it doesn't take long. And John's like, yeah, we're gonna need a bigger boat. <laughs> yeah. McKay's like, size doesn't matter, it gets trapped in subspace and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, but I love when McKay's like, size doesn't matter, and John goes, that's a myth. Yeah. <laughs> Says a man who... Probably doesn't have to worry about that. Probably and the not. Darkness... <laughs> Or, or, let's take it the other way. Or Does, maybe he has been concerned his whole life. Maybe. Or uh, he's one of those that is concerned but doesn't have to be. No, he probably does does not need to be at all. <laughs> no. But, <laughs> but it's in the back of his head. I don't even know how to continue this without getting NC-17, so I'm not gonna. So, in the darkness, <laughs> takes one look at the containment unit and just buggers the fuck out of there because yep. it's smart. Mm-hmm. So... Damn it, it's it's like I hate it when you're finding a sentient thing that's smarter than you think it is. I know. Like, so in the morning, now they have some extra light. Mm-hmm. It must have been right before dawn. And uh, they turn on some power to control room, just be able to see where the thing is now. And oh look, it's heading straight to them now. Mm-hmm. And while they're going on with all this, Taylor's thinking. Hmm. Because Taylor is a smarty pants. Is now again mm-hmm. the difference. Taylor may not be the most book smart intelligence of all of them, but Taylor is wise beyond her fucking years. Well, Taylor has kept this entire crew of people alive uh, despite the race. She, yeah, she's she is a badass warrior woman. She's got a lot to offer. Yes, just 
regardless of how smart everyone is, there's no one there who's got her experience except no. maybe Shepard. And even Shepard... It's a different type. Yeah, even Shepard who's seen... He's been a soldier... I don't know that he's been in these, like, life-threatening things the way she has. Yeah. They're very... It's a very different yeah. style. Yep. So, um, she goes, look, it doesn't want to be here. Uh-huh. It's been trapped here for thousands of years alone. Mm-hmm. So, either they can't... Not everyone can coexist here. Either we have to go, or the Hexus has to go. Mm-hmm. Maybe it would welcome the chance to go through the Stargate. Right. Uh, we're basically trapping it here. She would be a great dog trainer. She would. You know what I mean? Because she's like, don't fucking keep yelling she's, at your dog. Your dog is scared and keeps doing this thing because it's scared. Whatever the Athosian versus of the horses, she's probably a horse whisperer. Yeah. Yeah. So McKay sits up a neck, we're generating the melt. Maybe he, it's a Hexus whisperer. It's a Hexus whisperer. McKay thinks this is a horrible, very bad idea. Mm-hmm. And Taylor warns that they're com- it's coming. So the thing is smart, McKay says, it's not going to get trapped again. Why would it go? Why would it follow a generator through a wormhole? Right. Um, but he shuts the generator up, says good luck, and it's out of there. Weir checks that Jonas okay, and he's like, I don't really have a choice in the matter, do I? <laughs> I kind of have to be okay. Yeah. Because well, uh, literally do. no one else is going to yeah. do this. <laughs> Bunch of pansies. So, up in the control room, Groden has a barren wasteland that they found dialed up. Mm-hmm. And we're Mrs. Taylor, this is a very good idea. The plan seems to be going to plan for a bit. <laughs> uh, John sends the Melp to go forward as the darkness comes, just barely escapes it up the steps. The darkness swarms around the Melp, and then they can't see what's going on because dark. And mm-hmm. they can't see if the Melp made it through the Stargate or not. Poor Melpy, always the first guy to go. But at this point, the talk da- about brave. It's the brave little Melpy. The brave little Melpy. Uh, so the darkness could have drained the generator. It could have be feeding off the gate. It's a disaster either way you cut it, according to McKay. Mm. And now all the consoles won't respond. They can't turn the gate off. They fucked. They they fucked. And while the rest of the team tries to work the problem, McKay has an idea. And you can tell McKay's like, I don't want this idea, brain. Get this idea out of my brain. No more ideas. I don't like this idea. (laughs) But he pulls his shield out of his pocket. Mm -hmm. And he has this very fatalistic look on his face, which is kind of one of the main looks McKay has on his face. Fatalistic. It's not about not having fear. What is that from? Game of Thrones? It's a, I think so. It's like everyone has fear. It's about what you do with your fear yeah. or something. There's been a million variations of the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he turns the shield on. And the rest of the team don't notice and look on with <sighs> the darkness with horror. And McKay walks down the stairs, shield rippling, and they lose sight of him into the darkness. And McKay sees... And then he and Malpy hold hands and live yeah. happily ever after. Basically. <laughs> Inside of the darkness, there's bubbles and stuff. It is a very pretty darkness bubble. It's a very pretty darkness bubble. <laughs> and he takes the box that has a generator and he hurls it through the Stargate and the, the darkness quickly follows it through the gate, heading entirely, like, leaving and then just leaving a unconscious McKay. <laughs> and I'm like, you've just left, like... I know I had to leave this city and there's only so many places to send it, but you basically just sent it to us, like, it's just going to waste away to death there. The darkness? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the point. It is the point. It's just kind of a... No, it's either it or us. No, I know. And we are... It's the wild, wild west. 
Again, I went. To, uh, yeah, but I know I, I it had to be you. done. I can still feel bad about it. That's fair. Yeah. Well, maybe if we're lucky, it'll find like a lady nexus. Maybe that there's it a likes. lady nexus there. Yeah. <laughs> then they're gonna make a bunch of little hexuses. And then they'll just eat the babies, and then everybody's yeah, fine. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not weird at all. Look, there's animals that do that. Uh-huh. Okay, so the the power has drained the shield. Uh, John calls for a medical team. He's still alive. He's mm-hmm. not burnt like Ford was. Can we talk about how long the medical team takes to get there? He's like, medical team now, and they're like, oh, yeah, hang on. We got to just finish this quick. Well, they could be a couple floors down. Let, really, let me, it doesn't take that long for it to get there. Let me hit a save point on this game real quick. I'll be right there. <laughs> um, and so he, he McKay wakes up because he did it. And McKay must have passed out. He's like, thank you for not saying the other thing. <laughs> I do love that part. John stands up and explains to Taylor that that was a Hail Mary. Bum, bum, bum. And, and then he dances. I feel like I want him to dance more often. Like just victory dances. And then John's, uh, no, sorry. And then McKay tries to sit up as the medics arrive. Yeah. And he's like, what took you so long? And they're like, we were finishing a game of Mario Kart. We were on the last lap. But we're here now. It was the, it was the Rainbow Bridge. <laughs> and you're fine. So it's fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of the team. It's that hide and seek. <laughs> this was fun. I want them to go off planet again. Well, I mean, but yeah, this again, is a the, cool... the second episode of, of SG One was on base two. You're we right. need to establish Atlantis. You're right, and it is a really fucking pretty set. I would put a bunch it's of things so on that gorgeous. set too. Uh, it was fun. It was fun. I I want to go off. Planet. You're ready for more. I'm ready. Yeah. To see these guys out in the world, in the field, doing the things. Yeah. Kicking some ass. Kicking some wraith ass. I dig it, though. Some wraith hands. I, I mean, those wraiths are scary, so I don't blame <laughs> them for being like, let's just stay here. It's let's pretty. Let's just here. look at how pretty the city let's is. Let's just hang out in the pretty, let's pretty city. Let's watch some more sunsets. Okay, bye. So next up is SG-1 Zero Hour. Bum, bum, bum. And yes. we may or may not... But may have a special guest star next week. <gasps> That's right. We'll have to see if we all fit into this little camera view. It's gonna be Stormy. Yeah, Stormy's coming. Stormy's working on his notes right now. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. He's. We're gonna translate his barks into yeah. English. Yep. At Latin. He he barks in Latin. He like he barks in he's Latin. He's a very uh, he's an educated uh, dog. He's a very pretentious he's dog. He's a very pretentious. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. If there's gonna be a pretentious it's dog among Stormy. ours, yeah, well, no, it'd be Kaylee. That's true. That's true. <laughs> there's he's, a, yeah. If there's a pretentious dog amongst ours. Yeah. <laughs> it's Kaylee. Even more though than Lady. <gasps> no, Lady's just uptown. Yeah. She, Lady is um, in the best way possible. Like the. Soul cycle only yeah. vegan. <laughs> yes. Super uptown lady. Yes. That's who she is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Kaylee's just a diva. Uh, Your Stor- standard Stormy. badass diva. Stormy and Drake are just two wild and crazy guys. Wild oh. and crazy guys. <laughs> that song may or may not have been played at the wedding, guys. <laughs> and by saying may or may not, I mean may. Nice. All right. We okay. will see you guys next week. See you next week. You know where to find us. 
On Twitter, we're at Tara Podcast. On Facebook, we're at There's No Place Like Tara. Uh, you can email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. And patreon.com slash There's No Place Like Tara. And now Nixie is back, so we can actually respond to things. I was yeah. trying my best, but I was like, spoilers. Spoilers can I happen. was trying to get a couple things, and I think I, I haven't hit email yet, um, but I was saw a couple <laughs> things on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, I forwarded one to Grace yes, that I specifically said it had to be sent to Grace. Um, there was a couple of Facebook Facebook messages that I got scared to reply to. Yeah, further. again, I, I've, while I've technically been back in the country for two days, my brain has not been back in the country yeah, for two days, time and to it develop. took all my energy to, like, make these notes. So I will be getting things this week. We love you guys. Uh, we'll see you next week with some Stargate SG-1. Bye! Bye! Bye.